When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Pleased to be joined here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast for our Bears at Patriots preview by a member of the 670, the score staff. He's a host over there, Chicago Bears sideline reporter. This guy knows everything about Chicago, and he's going to give us a little insight and intel on the Bears Mark Grody joins the show today. Mark, how are you, as we like to say back in Boston? Uh, doing, as we like to say, doing very good here in Chicago. It's a good day. <laughs> Yeah, we do. I, I do like the fact that I'm on a podcast where we there have, there are very distinct characterizations of its people of Chicago and those of New England slash Boston slash the East Coast. Yeah, Andy, we don't have like, you know, when you when you watch a Bears game, like you see a million dickas, if you will, like that's yeah. the outfit, like the like that gorgeous like starter sweater and the mustache, the aviators chomping on gum. Um we don't have like a no one dresses like Belichick or anything like that in the stands. Well, my concern is that in 20 years you will have that. If if this kind of peters out and we turn into the struggling franchise that never finds another quarterback, that you will have a lot of living in the Belichick era in the 2040s and 2050s. So, uh, if you live long enough, if I live long enough, unfortunately we may see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark, we get accused now even just a couple years removed uh, from the double dynastic run of Belichick and Brady. I don't know if you heard, but, uh, you know, the Pats won a few games, a couple Super Bowls, whatever. It was, it was yeah. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we like to say, like, that's all in our rear view now at this point. But, um, you know, uh, people still say we live too much in the past, but, like, things are definitely turning around for the Patriots right now, and they should be turning around for the Bears. Each franchise with a first-round draft pick quarterback in the 2021 draft, uh, and, and yet here we are, we have a controversy and everybody is getting all over Justin Fields, but the poor kid is working as hard as anybody else to try to turn things around. So, um, just give me a general state of affairs with how bears fans feel with fields, the franchise and first year coach, Matt Aberflus. But first of all, we in Chicago, we are the Kings of living in the past. The eighties bears are still some of the most prominent people, citizens in the, in the city of Chicago. And they're all over the place and it drives everybody crazy. I, I was, <laughs> I was a kid when the, the so I love the eighties bears, but, and, and uh, you know, 46 to 10, you know, that, that probably hurt Raymond Burr and, and everybody that was in New England back in the day. Ruined my 12-year-old birthday party. I'll let you know that. I cried right into my Carvel cake, Andy. It was miserable. <laughs> oh, man. The state of the Bears, though. The state of the Bears. Um, this has been an interesting season because the Bears are probably right smack dab 
where they should be, you know, at two and four and the way that they've played um, is perfect considering what we thought going into the season and what we kind of knew going into the season is that it's rebuild. This is a rebuild for the bears this season. It's an NFL rebuild, which means it shouldn't last long, but that's what it is. Um, they haven't used that word, but they know it is. I mean, it's pretty obvious with the players that they eliminated Akeem Hicks, who, you know, used to play with the Patriots, um, Allen Robinson, who was a great bear for a while. You know, they just kind of let him go. Khalil Mack, obviously they traded him. So they, they, they said everything they needed to tell us with their actions at the beginning of the season, that this was not a season in which winning was going to be the biggest focus. Uh, but, you know, as you get into the minutiae now of the season, um, you know, Justin Fields has struggled to develop. And that that is what is expected of him. He, you know, everybody gave him a pass last year just because he was under a dying regime under Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and John Filippo and all those boys. Um, and so far there hasn't been enough improvement from Justin Fields to satiate anybody around here because that, that's what it is. If, if the, the bears are rebuilding, the only thing that is accepted by fans and, you know, I guess that carries over to media too, is that there is development of these younger players. And unfortunately there hasn't been a ton of it so far this year. Mark, I'm not sure if you saw Bill Belichick's uh, seven-plus-minute opening monologue uh, this week. I did. Okay. Um, (laughs) That was crazy. It It made everybody here feel like the Bears were somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So – so let me ask you, you know how after sort of the presidential debates, they do the fact checking from okay. the debate. Um, can you give me a little fact checking on what Bill Belichick said that may have been true in terms of, I don't know, the youth, they can run the ball, they, you know, yards per attempt and, um, and what was uh, Lou Holtz like fluffing of the bears? Oh man, I, I would say that, yeah. Okay. Since you mentioned the running game, that stuff is real. That's about the only thing right now the Bears have going for them. A pretty strong tandem of running backs in the people of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. What I thought was interesting about that is um, the mentioning of special teamers like Dane Crookshank, um, who honestly, he seems like he's probably a terrific guy, terrific player, but we barely, we in the media barely know about Dane Crookshank. Uh, you know, are you sure you're not making that name up right yeah, now? I'm glad you no, said Bill that. made it up. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, Andy, what was the name? It was uh, Chris Board. He did the Chris exact Board. same thing with the Lions. He said Chris Board was the best special teamer in the National Football League, and that created a day of Lions beat reporters asking questions about Chris Board, trying to figure out if Chris Board was as good as Bill <laughs> Belichick said he was. This is his new thing, apparently, with the <laughs> NFC North. Hey, this is I- his new game. Hey, man, when I get in my car and go to bed, Bears headquarters today, I'm going right to Dan Kirkshank's locker <laughs> to find out about this. I'm going to play him the tape. I'm going to play him the <laughs> What do you have to say to that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's it was hilarious listening to it. I actually – but I, I was impressed. I guess, I mean, I, the Bills pulled this before, you know, and, yeah. and even when he's played the Bears before. But that, that was pretty – you know, to go seven minutes, I think. Is that what you said? Seven minutes? Yeah, it was a little over seven. A little over seven minutes of just tell you know talking about how great the Bears are and all the dangerous <laughs> spots. I mean, we're around here, we're like, okay, I, I'm not sure I'm seeing it like that, but okay, you know, <laughs> down down with that. Um, yeah, so the the running backs are are legitimate for the Bears. Um, 
you know, they have a uh, one really good wide receiver, Darnell Mooney, um, who's even been only intermittently good this year. So that's that's a um, a danger spot if you're looking at it from the Patriots' perspective. Um, yeah, but other than that, I mean, Jalen Johnson's a really good cornerback. Roquan Smith, I'm sure you guys have seen his name in the news enough. Really good linebacker. Uh, but yeah, the, the the as far as it all working as one, it, it is not even in, no matter what Bill Belichick's uh, seven minutes tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was he was putting every adjective uh, full of rose petals and olive wreaths on you guys like impressive, explosive, dynamic, dangerous. Like he went through the entire playbook, and people in New England were wondering, is this the classic? Like I'll heap, I'll kill them with kindness now but I think I can actually kill them on the field Monday. Or does maybe Belichick have some deeply rooted respect for the Bears because last week with his 324th win as a coach, he ties George Papa Bear Hallis for second on the all-time list. So it could be a combination therein. And also with this whole zappy fever, fever, as we call it back home, like building right now, the Patriots, uh, winning two games in a row. A third one was an emotional win. We apologize for not beating the Packers. They should have won that game. I know you would have loved it if the Patriots buried A.A. Ron that day. They should have. They didn't. They got conservative in overtime. Uh, but maybe also he's trying to keep this team, this very young team, in check. Like, don't get a big head just because the Bears are coming to town with a 2-4 and four record. They've been close-ish in every game so far this season. And this is a Patriots team, Mark. They have 10 rookies on the team that they kept going into the 53-man squad. And Andy and I in the postgame show last week were commenting on the fact that all 10 played in that win against Cleveland, which was uh, pretty impressive. Now, to the quarterback issue, who do you think the Bears are preparing for this week? <laughs> uh, we'll probably attempt to ask that question today. I think we're gonna we're never gonna find out the answer. Obviously, you guys know how it works in the the super secrets of the NFL. But man, I don't know. I would think I, my guess is is that they they've been preparing for the for Bailey Zappi because he's still a little bit more of the unknown um, at at this point. So you know, I, I mean, we'll see. You guys would know better in terms of you know who's no. <laughs> you guys aren't getting the. <laughs> Well, what am I saying? Yeah, Bill doesn't say <laughs> The void of information that guys like Andy are forced to operate in when they go down to Fox. He never gives anybody anything like that. He's not going to tip his hand. Andy, when do you think he tips his hand or makes the announcement? Uh, when inactives come out on Monday night and <laughs> Mac Jones is or is not on the inactive list. Because I think if Mac dresses, he plays. So um, what is that, about 7 o'clock on Monday night at Gillette Stadium? Other than that, you know why we we had the Bailey Zappi press conference, so Bailey Zappi, as of Wednesday, was being treated kind of as the starting quarterback. And I know there's some reports out there from ESPN that Mac expects to be ready, but even that, what Mac expects and what Bill tells him to do, could also always be two different things. So yeah, I think Monday night around kickoff, we will see who's warming up on the sidelines at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's who the Bears are. Prop the Zappi. I, I think that they're probably preparing for that i mean i i could see the the scenario where they pull where bill pulls a fast one but if i had to say one of them i guess it would be zappy but you have to be ready for both so you you talked about the defense and the the individual players and i know some of the numbers say it's a good defense and your tone didn't seem to indicate that same i mean 
Roquan Smith, you know, I think he leads the NFL in tackles or generally does, you know, Robert Quinn, like there's individual players. What exactly, uh, what exactly isn't up to par and, and, and where are the holes or what's going wrong for them? Well, the, there's a, you're right. Cause somebody like, if you look at the bears defense as a whole, they might come out. Okay. In terms of certain rankings and metrics and things like that, but they don't stop the run. They don't stop the run. I, I, they were given up. I haven't looked at the exact number this week, but it's, it's 150 plus per game is right. what they're allowing. Um, and, and that's, I don't care what else you're doing on your defense. That's good. Uh, when you're not stop in this, in this version of the NFL, when you're not stopping the run, when everybody's so pass happy, that's a huge problem. And there's been some jarring runs against the Bears defense and teams doing whatever that they have wanted to do. Now, they, you know, there have been some pretty good running backs that have done work on the Bears. You know, Saquon Barkley essentially had a field day when the Bears uh, went into New York. So, I mean, you look at some of the star guys in the league. I mean, I, I can understand that. But for the most part, you know, um, teams have been able to do what they want against the Bears in that capacity. And quite frankly, you know, you mentioned Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, relatively speaking, has has not had a superstar year so far this year. He's racked up the numbers, but kind of like those empty numbers where he's, you know, not that the tackles that he's getting are not adding up to a lot, not, not enough TFLs, not a lot of devastating stops. And then Robert Quinn, who you mentioned too, who, you know, set the single season sack record for the Bears last year, has struggled as well. So there's not a huge fear factor on the Bears defense right now. And until they stop the run, I cannot consider them a, a really good defense. Yeah, Roquan Smith is is excellent. And I know his name was mentioned or bandied about a little bit in the offseason that if the rebuild was underway and a lot of teams would pay a premium for him, uh, perhaps maybe he would have been traded or, or moved prior to the start of the season. He's an excellent player. And if they hold on to him, he could be the building block of the defense perhaps and on offense i mean you got to build around the quarterback and that's what we expected the patriots to be doing with mac jones and they likely will be again sometime soon when he's fully healthy but then again it's foxborough and belichick so you never know uh and when it comes to justin fields like i loved watching that kid in college i'll still never forget that new year's performance where he just eviscerated clemson where he and olave were at the next level that is beyond the next level with the deep ball and I think he's got the it factor. I really do. He's unbelievable with his legs, his feet. Uh, you know, he have, he's the third best running back on the team and probably would be the best running back on half the other squads in the NFL. But the Bears just cannot get the passing game going for love or money. I suffered through that Thursday nighter, uh, two awful Thursday nighters in a row. And uh, dear Lord, I hope the next one is even watchable uh, where Mooney drops the ball on the goal line. You know, and this is for a team that has still to date, if I'm correct, never had a 4,000-yard passer. That's correct. Oh, boy. What's it going to take to get the Bears passing attack with somebody who obviously has playmaking ability and a cannon for an arm like Justin Fields going? Well, first I'll talk about what he needs to work on. And, you know, there has been an issue with him when it comes to – I'll just say to – to simplify it because you could break it down into many different directions when I say this, but pocket presence has been a problem for him in terms of, you know, being aware of his blind side, being aware of the pressure, um, you know, knowing what to do with the football with, when the pressure is coming. Do I run? Do I uh, go, you know, safe pass to the tight end down the middle? Do I go to a second read? So there's that. 
And then there is, speaking of reads, he's been, you know, pretty successful at finding that first read, but not great at going through all of the of the potential receivers, tight ends that might be open. There's been too many times where, where after we, you know, a lot of times in real time, we don't see it, but sometimes we do, uh, where there's a guy that's wide open that he is not throwing to. Um, so that that's a, you know, that's on him. There, and there are definitely some things that he needs to clean up. Uh, but the, the other part is, and this is something that we knew going into the season, this was one of the, the big talking points around here in training camp. Who are you putting around this guy? Who are you putting around him? Because Darnell Mooney is good. And, you know, we one of our little debates here in Chicago is Darnell Mooney actually number one. Most people think he's a number two. Um, and the Bears have just gone through, you know, Byron Pringle was a wide receiver. Equinemius St. Brown They've gone to, they just, they just cut a guy named Amir Smith-Marset. And I know you guys have to look up all these guys. The the most popular wide receiver on the Bears right now, guys, Nikhil Harry. Don't say ah, it. Don't, don't do it. Do it. Don't. Don't. It. don't. You may have just opened that. a portal to hell. Don't do it. <laughs> you guys, you guys need to talk to me because anytime I tweet uh. this name, like, Nikhil Harry talk tells us blah blah blah. Nikhil Harry might play against New England. People, oh yeah, get him in there. He's big. He's strong. He was a number one pick. He played for the Patriots. He must not have gotten along with Bill Belichick. But you guys are shaking your heads. He stinks. Help. He stinks. Sorry to be rude. <laughs> no, no. He stinks. He has Don't slow feet and bad hands. He can't get open and he can't catch. Bill Belichick always says, "I need you to get open and catch the football." <laughs> Nikhil Harry could do neither. You know what he is. He's a bus guy, the old cliche bus guy. You want him getting off the bus first so the other team sees that guy and says, whoa, that's their receiver. He's big. He's muscular. He looks the part. And then he steps on the field and the bottom falls out of the whole damn story. Well, we, we have fallen for the size factor. I like. I, I can't tell you guys how many times it's been. He looks like a tight end. He's a tight end. Look at that guy. He's huge. That's what Justin Fields needs. He needs oh a big target. Who knows? They could reclaim his career in Chicago. So uh, that that is that's so funny that he might be playing against him. But that's that that is symbolic. That's the answer to the question. That is symbolic of what's going on here with receivers. So I'll root for Nikhil Harry because I don't think he's a bad kid. And he did every once in a while. You'd get a flash athletic play that you're like, oh, that that's what he's supposed to do. But there's just not enough of them, and there's just too many of the other head-scratching plays. But beyond him, one of the things in Bill we talked about, the seven minutes, I heard youngest team, young team, young team, youth movement. You said rebuild. Is there How many of those young players are long-term building blocks? You don't seem like you have a ton of... <laughs> a ton of hope right now well you know they the uh, obviously justin fields they, uh, you know they'd like to think that he's a long-term build we'll, we'll see i mean that that there's a lot of layers there too because that's not justin fields is obviously not their guy the bears have a new gm right. holes and a new head coach who made ebert was all that stuff just so you guys listeners know um but yeah so fields is in there um they they, they drafted a cornerback in the second round out of washington named kyler gordon yeah he, he's definitely a building block uh jaquan brisker out of penn state another second round of safety who you guys will see assuming they don't the bears don't have any lineup changes this week after you know not having played since last thursday um Valus jones jr um mm -hmm. Buff two punts for the Bears is supposedly a building block. And then and then the most interesting guy, I think, out of this, I'm not going to go through every single name on the roster here, but um, a guy who's interesting 
is this the kid named Braxton Jones, who is the Bears' starting left tackle, who has struggled um, and you know has been sort of you know semi symbolic of the Bears' struggles on the offensive line so far this year. But it it, it was it's a shocker that a fifth rounder is starting for the Bears at left tackle, and he's kind of been he's I think he's pulls his guy, the Bears' GM. And he's kind of been forced in there. And he, even he's been surprised at the development that they sort of pushed him to the front of the line. So there's certainly some guys on this team. And then the peripheral guys, like you guys mentioned, Roquan Smith, that it's still not out of the realm of possibility that they do look at him as a long-term building block. But you know, the preseason tells us that they, they don't. So so we'll see. There's names, but you know, it's it's we'll see that, that all these names could possibly change next year for the Bears. <laughs> Well, one thing we do know is the Patriots love to run the football. They're one of the better rushing teams in the NFL. And this is another week where they go up against a subpar rushing D, if you will. Um, last week, Cleveland had some success stacking the box early, forcing it into Bailey Zappi's hands. And then he has a game that lands him magazine covers, NFL network coverage, ESPN primetime love and all that jazz. So uh, I'll get you out on this, Mark. Um how do you see this one shaking out uh, in terms of uh, the way the Pats like to get after it versus what you'd hope the Bears can do? Well, I got to tell you, man, after the I think the last time the Bears played the Patriots, they put a 50-burger on the Bears um, back in uh, the Brandon Marshall era of Chicago Bears football. Um, that ain't happening this time. I think the Patriots will score 49 this time. <laughs> it's going to be 49 to 16, but no 50-burgers. <laughs> Uh, no, for real. It's, a great, it's a great name, by the way, for like a football themed burger joint. Yeah. <laughs> the, right. 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 The, the, Bear, the Bears could have their own 50 burger museum. You know, <laughs> this, this was the week that Aaron Rodgers. Put this is Tom Brady put 50. Out of it. Now, I, I will say I'm going to go with uh, the pay. I do think the Patriots will win this game. I think it's be close. I mean, the, the NFL. So this is not really going out of limb to call the game close. But I, I'm going to say 24 to 17. I think there's going to be a little bit of a revival with the Bears this week because they're talking about lineup changes. They've had all this time off. Players are pissed off about the way that they've started. So I think there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a little, I think the Bears will keep it close, maybe even have a lead at times, but I think the Patriots pull it off in the end. Oh, that would make for a good watch on the old Monday Night Football with Buck and Aikman in town. Mark, we thank you for the time. Listeners, you can follow him at Mark Grody Sports. He's a Chicago Bears sideline reporter and a host for 670, The Score in chicago mark this has been nothing short of a bloody mary with a lot of pepperoni cheese and olives on top with extra jardinier thank you so much for the time brother and we hope to catch up with you down the line thanks guys that sounds great i'm sticking with the coffee though <laughs> thanks mark yeah